0: hello you guys what is up happy wednesday and welcome back to another episode of killer instinct if you are new here hi my name is savannah and i'm your host of killer instinct make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button that way you never miss an episode we post weekly here every single wednesday and you are not gonna want to miss it as you guys can tell by the title of today's episode, today we are talking about the Kendrick Johnson case. Before we jump into today's case, I do have two things that I want to talk to you about. One, I never thought I was going to have to talk about this, but here we are. As you guys know, if you have been an avid listener to Killer Instinct, I have an email called Killer Instinct Podcast at gmail.com. It's where you guys send in your theories, it's where you send in your case recommendations, it's where we talk. Through the cases that we cover, and it's been really helpful to get your case recommendations through there and to talk about your theories. That way we can discuss them on the next episode. Now, recently I have been getting emails from different websites, different dating apps, different dating websites for people who have signed up using the Killer Instinct Podcast at gmail.com. Email. Now this is wildly inappropriate on so many different levels. And I'm going to ask you guys to not use the Killer Instinct podcast email for your dating experiences. Over the past couple days, I've been getting constant emails about different matches and different connections and different messages. And it would be greatly appreciated if that didn't keep happening. So moving forward, let's keep the podcast email to strictly podcast-related topics, theories, case suggestions, things like that. And if that doesn't work, I don't know what we're going to do. So let's just try and keep it for the sole purpose that it was created for. Thank you very much. Okay, with that being said, let's move on to more important topics, and that includes the Vanessa Gillen case that we discussed last week. So we're going to briefly talk about some of the theories that you guys had on this case. One comes from someone who says, Hi Savannah, my fiance is in the Air Force, so I asked him about the lack of security cameras. He said he believes it's because military bases are generally very secure and they don't really let anyone on the base, so there isn't too much need for them. With that being said, we agree that it has to be someone already on the base who's involved with Vanessa's disappearance, most likely the sergeant harassing her. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't have been able to get on the base. I'm on a few military spouse pages, and as a rule, there aren't many people who like being stationed at Fort Hood. I don't know exactly why, they just don't seem to like it. I am holding on hope that she is found, but the military is a very tight knit community, and very rarely will they rat each other out. So thank you so much for sending that in, and I agree. I think sometimes people just don't put up cameras because they don't assume something like this is going to happen. However, Once something like this does happen and someone does go missing, it just completely, like, this thought that people think that it's so safe that there's no need for security cameras goes out the window so it's like you better just it would be better to just have the cameras there already instead of having a situation like this where there's no cameras to go back to because everyone assumed that the base was safe enough the next comment we have comes from someone who said hey i just watched your video on the missing girl from fort hood texas and i actually live in a town near there and even had my son on the fort hood military base i was talking to my sister about your video and she said says there is a huge house around that area that supposedly has tunnels to Fort Hood. I don't know if it could maybe be connected, but maybe you should look into that. This case is super scary because my dad lived on the Fort Hood base as well. I have also been around there many times and would never expect a tunnel situation. So thank you for sending that message in as well. And yeah, I agree. I think that it's just, you know, you never think that things like this happen until they happen. Kind of like what we were just talking about with the security camera. You know, you never think you're going to need them until something like this happens. And you never think that something like this is going to happen until it happens. As far as the house that is possibly connected to tunnels to Fort Hood, that is absolutely insane and crazy and it's also crazy to me that that hasn't been like exploited yet or exposed the fact that there could possibly be a house that has tunnels leading to the Fort Hood base it's Like, how is that even a thing? So with that being said, let me know what you guys think. You can keep emailing me at killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com on all cases that we cover, on all theories. You can just not use that email for dating websites. So with that being said, let's jump right on in to today's episode. So as I said in the beginning of the episode, today we are talking about the case of Kendrick Johnson. Kendrick was 17 years old when he was found dead in his school gymnasium on January 11th, 2013. Now, I wanted to cover this case today for multiple reasons. First off being that this case has always been one that has stuck with me. It has always been one where I don't know what I believe and I'm really curious to see what you guys have to say about it. The second reason is that because due to the climate in society right now with the Black Lives Matter movement, this case is luckily receiving more recognition and more people are starting to question it, which is why I think it's great to keep the conversation going and bring as much recognition to this case as possible. So let's jump right on into it. Kendrick Johnson was born Born on October 10, 1995, to his parents, Kenneth and Jackie Johnson. Kendrick was described as a more quiet kid, but he loved playing sports in high school. He played basketball and football. He was described by his mother, Jackie, as a jokester, and he was so loving, and he was a good brother to his siblings. He was described as the life of their home as a family and the joy of their lives. Kendrick's father, Kenneth, said that Kendrick was the type of son that any parent would would ever want to have. Kendrick and his family lived in Valdosta, Georgia and he attended Lowndes High School. So we are going to jump right to January 10th, 2013. So this day started off like any average normal day for Kendrick. It was the second day being back at school after Christmas break and Kendrick was planning to go to school like any other day. And then after school that day, he was planning on going to the school's basketball game and going straight home from there. However, after the basketball game that night had ended, Kendrick never made it home. Now, when Kendrick didn't make it home that night, Jackie, his mother, took it upon herself to drive to the high school to see if she could find Kendrick. It was really out of character for Kendrick to not call his family if there was a change of plans in anything or if he was going to be home later than expected. He was typically in constant communication with his family always, so when he didn't show up that night, Jackie. Started started to get a little worried. At about 10 o'clock p.m., she drove around the school, however, saw no sign of Kendrick anywhere. Then, after a little over two more hours had passed, at about 12.30 a.m., Jackie did not waste any time and called the authorities to file a missing persons report. So now we move on to the following day, which was January 11th, and at about 10 o'clock a.m. on January 11th, there had been a group of students at the Lowndes High School who had a gym class that morning called life sports. This life sports class was taught by a faculty member of the school named Coach Philip Pipelow. Now in the beginning of the class, Philip said that some of the kids were hanging over in the corner of the old gym and some of the kids were in the corner playing with some rolled up wrestling mats. This is just a typical thing. The wrestling mats were typically always rolled up in the corner. And on this day, some of the kids went over and just started messing around and playing on them. Now, while they were doing this, one of the students saw a pair of white socks sticking up from one of the wrestling mats. And when they made this discovery, they called over coach Philip, and the students told him that they thought that someone was stuck inside of the mats. Philip said he then climbed on top of the mat and when he reached the top and looked in, he saw feet sticking straight up. Because of the position of the mat, which it was vertical, so it was sticking straight up, Philip said he couldn't pull whoever was in there out from the top, so he climbed down and pulled the mat down to the floor so it was horizontal, and then he unrolled it. After unrolling the mat, he discovered Kendrick Johnson's deceased body had been stuck inside of it. When Kendrick's body had been found, Coach Phillip's first instinct was to get all of the children that were in the gym for class out of the gym and call 911 immediately. So once this happened, there was an automatic lockdown in the school. And with just the way timing turned out, Kendrick's mom, Jackie, was actually at the school printing out missing persons flyers when Kendrick's body was discovered. So she found out the news basically at the same time everyone else did. So I want to talk about the condition that Kendrick was found in because I do think that it's important as far as the cause of death goes and as we continue throughout this case, I think it's important that you have all of the information and I also want to warn you because I do know that some people like to do their own independent research and after you listen to this, you'll go and start googling and I want you to know that there are a lot of pictures out there of Kendrick after he had passed away and honestly, I don't think I've ever covered a case where there has been as many pictures or videos of the victim after they were found deceased, but I'm telling you this because I want you to be prepared if you do go looking and to do see these pictures. They're very graphic and it could be very disturbing and off-putting. Kendrick was found with his face completely swollen. The swollenness of the face probably has a lot to do with the fact that Kendrick was facing upside down because his feet were sticking straight up so the blood was pretty much rushing all the way to his head and his injuries made him completely unrecognizable. It looks like his face had been completely smashed in and authorities have said that the only identifying feature that had them believe it was Kendrick was the long dreadlocks that he had because mind you, Kendrick had been reported as a missing person so it's authorities were aware of what he looked like. So I just want you to be prepared if you end up going and looking this case up that those pictures will probably be the first things that pop up. So in the area that Kendrick was found, authorities also found two different pairs of shoes near his body. So one of these pairs of shoes was found inside of the mat that Kendrick was also inside and the shoes were positioned right next to his legs. Now the other pair of shoes was found separated. One of them was outside of the mat and the other shoe was inside of the mat underneath Kendrick's head. Kendrick was found wearing no shoes. He was only wearing socks, blue jeans, and a t-shirt. Kendrick's body was removed from the gym and sent to the GBI, which is the Georgia Bureau of Investigations for an autopsy. And when the results came back, which mind you, it was less than 24 hours after the initial autopsy results came back, it was showed that Kendrick's cause of death was suffocating. Now, after these autopsy results came back, authorities said that Kendrick's death was probably just a freak accident. Authorities claimed that they believed Kendrick had been walking around the gym, the old gymnasium of this high school, and he had climbed on the wrestling mats by himself, and they believed that one of Kendrick's shoes fell to the bottom of this wrestling mat. So, he was climbing on top of the wrestling mats, and while he was doing that, one of his shoes slipped out of his hand and fell to the bottom of the wrestling mat, and he decided to reach down and grab it, and he ended up slipping and falling face first through this mat and ended up getting stuck there. So that was the theory that authorities had been and still are running with to this day. Now, in my opinion, what's interesting to note here about this wrestling mat, as far as dimensions go, the width of the mat was actually smaller than Kendrick's shoulder width, so it doesn't make a lot of sense as to how if he were to fall face first into this wrestling mat how he would even be able to fit inside of it. The width of the mat when it was rolled up was 14 inches and Kendrick's shoulder width was 19 inches wide. Along with that, Kendrick's father had actually tried himself to recreate Kendrick falling into the mat and he wanted to try it out for himself. So he tried it to fit his shoulder width face first into a rolled up wrestling mat with the same dimensions and he wasn't able to even go past his shoulders. So how was Kendrick able to get his whole body trapped inside of this mat. And to talk about how Kendrick was found position-wise inside of this mat, Kendrick was found with his arms straight to his side. So Kendrick was found basically if you were to stand up straight, putting your arms by your side, that is the position Kendrick was found in. However, he was upside down. That's the only difference. And you would think if we're following the authorities' theory, if he was trying to reach for his shoe that fell to the bottom of this mat and tried to grab it, you would think his arm would be, you know, positioned differently than just straight by his side. You would think maybe it either got like stuck and maybe dislocated somehow or he would be found reaching down with one arm reaching down. Kendrick's parents were not very pleased with the initial autopsy results coming back as suffocation and they thought that it didn't make sense. They had way more questions and it was just parental instinct and they believed that there was a lot more to this story than what was being told. So authorities then decide, that they want to look at the surveillance footage in the gym at the school, in the old gym that Kendrick was found in. So authorities got access to the cameras inside of the gym, the cameras in the hallway of the gym, and the exterior entrance to the gym. And this is all online. You can look all of it up for yourself and watch the surveillance footage. Now when authorities did this, they were able to see footage of Kendrick entering the gym at about 1.09 p.m. and they catch him walking towards the right corner of the gym which is the same area that the wrestling mats are stored in. Now on the surveillance footage it shows that Kendrick and another student walked into the gym at the same time and it doesn't look like they're walking together or that they're friends and are just kind of like walking through the gym together. It just seems like they were both coincidentally enough just walking through this gym at the same time but unfortunately and ironically enough the right hand corner of the gym where the wrestling mats are stored did not have a camera on them so there is no footage of what exactly happened to Kendrick. So authorities had footage of him walking into the gym at 109 and never walking out. Now the confusing thing here is, like I said, he's seen walking in the gym and there's someone else in the gym and they don't seem to know each other. But other than that, just three minutes after Kendrick walks into the gym, there was another group of students that are seen entering and exiting the gym. They walk through the gym at the normal amount of time that it would take for someone to walk in and out of this gym. However, they didn't act like any anything was wrong while walking through it. They didn't seem like they were witnessing a struggle and they didn't seem like they had seen something happen. They just looked like they were walking completely normally, which three minutes, it just, did it happen that fast? Did Kendrick fall in and then immediately, was it an instant death? Did he fall in and it just happened instantaneously? I mean, there's a lot of questions here and CNN actually hired a professional surveillance video team to scour through countless hours of surveillance footage and when they did this, they came to the conclusion that the surveillance files are not the original files that came from the camera, and they have been altered in a number of ways. They said that there are multiple files that are not processed correctly, therefore do not allow for proper playback. This team also said that there is a hole of time that is unaccounted for in the footage that they have not been provided. The team said that there are four cameras in the gym, and they are all motion- activated. So I'm going to talk quickly about the time frame that these cameras were recording and the whole of time that is missing from all four of them and it can kind of be confusing, so I'm just going to try to speak a little slowly here. So the first camera captures surveillance from the morning up until about 12:04 p.m. and then it just it stops recording and then it starts recording again at 1:09 p.m. So from 12:04 to 1:09 it stops recording, and 1.09, it starts recording again. The second camera starts recording in the morning up until about 11.05 a.m., and then it stops and picks back up again two hours later at 1.15 p.m. The third camera is almost identical. It stops filming at 11.05 and starts filming again at 1.16 p.m., and the final camera stops filming at 12.04 p.m. and starts picking back up at 1.09 p.m p.m. Now, I want to reiterate that these cameras are motion censored, so they start filming when they detect motion, but with that being said, it is a little bizarre how some of them don't start filming again until 1.15 or 1.16 when Kendrick walked into the gym at 1.09, so it's just, it's very bizarre. The fact that these seem to just be coincidentally in this footage is bizarre to me, but you guys will let me know what you think about that. Now, following the first autopsy, Kendrick's body was laid to rest and he was buried. However, Kendrick's family, like I mentioned earlier, was really dissatisfied with the way this case was being handled and wanted a second opinion on the autopsy. They actually ended up getting Kendrick's body exhumed, which means they dug him back up from the ground essentially so they could get a second autopsy and a second opinion. Now this time, this autopsy was done by a doctor named William Anderson. Now William Anderson was a private pathologist and was hired by Kendrick's family to do this autopsy. Now, when William Anderson was sent in to do this second autopsy, he discovered something completely shocking. When William Anderson went to do this autopsy, he discovered that all of Kendrick's organs had been removed from his body and were replaced with crumbled up pieces of newspaper. Now, when Kendrick's family heard this, they were obviously completely taken back and confused and blindsided, and they reached out to the funeral home, which is the Harrington Funeral Home in Georgia. And this funeral home was in charge of processing Kendrick's body following the first autopsy. Now, according to the funeral home, they said that following the first autopsy done by the GBI, Kendrick's body was sent to them without any of his organs. The funeral funeral home said that this could have been because Kendrick's organs were so destroyed that they didn't put them back in his body, but Kendrick's parents said that they were never aware or informed that that had ever happened. So the funeral home was basically putting this all on the GBI, saying that this was not their deal, they didn't do this, this was how Kendrick's body was sent to them. Okay, we're gonna take a short break, but we will be right back with more of the Killer Instinct podcast. Imagine an app designed to make you use it less. Seems a little counterproductive, right? apartments.com's instant alerts mean that you can spend less time looking for the perfect place and more time on just doing you apartments.com the place to find a place all right you guys welcome back And as far as the newspaper goes, it's not the most uncommon thing. I know it sounds kind of like what in the world, but it isn't the most uncommon thing. Sometimes bodies will be stuffed with cotton balls or newspaper or things like that. What's more concerning here is the fact that Kendrick's parents weren't notified that none of his organs would be placed back into his body and where the heck were his organs? So along with the newspaper findings, there was also a small, very small bruise found on the back of Kendrick's neck that indicated blunt force trauma to the back of his neck. And this bruise, mind you, was extremely small. It measured less than an inch. However, William Anderson said that this was not a mark consistent with suffocation and he labeled Kendrick's death in the second autopsy as blunt force trauma. So now you go from the cause of death initially being suffocation to now the second opinion saying, no, it's not suffocation. It was blunt force trauma. So Kendrick's parents filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the Lowndes High School and they sued the Board of Education, its superintendent, and the principal of the school. Those are who they were going after. And this lawsuit claimed that Kendrick did not fall into the mat and just suffocate, but rather he was attacked and injured in some way and placed into the mat afterwards. This lawsuit also heavily focused on race and Kendrick's family said that they believed that racism played a part in why Kendrick's case was not being taken as seriously as it needed to be. Now, along with that, this lawsuit also mentioned another student that attended this high school. Well, two other students. And according to Jackie, she said that Kendrick had complained to her that these students were bullying him. And the reason Jackie said she was so on the school about this and wanted to include this in the lawsuit is because she had called the school and complained to them about these students that were bullying Kendrick. These students were actually brothers and their names are Brandon and Brian Bell. Now Brandon is the older one and Brian is the younger one and their father is actually an FBI agent which has added a whole bunch of speculation to this case as well. Now Jackie said that Kendrick complained to her a lot about Brandon and Brian and how they harassed him at school and it was happening for a while and Brandon and Brian had have been a focal point in this investigation, and it was really initiated by the fact that Jackie included them in this lawsuit. Now both Brandon and Brian have been very adamant on the fact that they were not involved in this whatsoever, and they even went as far as to say that Kendrick was a good friend of theirs. And Ebony Magazine actually wrote an article after Kendrick's death, and even though the magazine didn't include Brandon and Brian's names, they basically... They included their names without saying their names. basically tweeting them in an article. The description of who they are and what they look like in the wording of the article, it was very blatantly pointing at Brandon and Brian. So because of that, Brandon and Brian's parents actually filed a $5 million lawsuit against Ebony magazine and won. Now, a big thing that people have pointed out about Brandon and Brian was the fact that they basically refused to cooperate with authorities in the investigation and help try to figure out what exactly happened. Kendrick. There are multiple interviews out there of them, of news stations trying to get them to talk and going up and interviewing them, but as far as authorities go, they say that they haven't really been the most cooperative when it came to the actual investigation. Now, along with this, it was rumored that Brandon and Kendrick, mind you, it was rumored that Brandon and Kendrick had some tension between the two of them over a girl. Not exactly sure the specifics, but something along the lines of either Kendrick getting with the girl that Brandon liked or his girlfriend or his girlfriend liked Kendrick. I'm not exactly sure, but there was talk about the fact that Kendrick and Brandon had tension between the two of them over a similar love interest. Now, the thing to remember here is that nothing has come from this. Brandon and Brian are still walking around living their lives and even though they have been heavily affected in their personal lives by this, it is very possible that they had absolutely nothing to do with this. They have never, there's no evidence that shows that they were responsible for this. But it doesn't stop there because in January of 2015, Kendrick's family filed a $100 million lawsuit claiming that Rick Bell, who's Brandon and Brian's father, instructed the boys to murder Kendrick and this lawsuit was eventually dropped because there wasn't really anything to go off of. There wasn't any proof that Brandon and Brian did this or that they were set up to do this or instructed by their father to do this. Now again, does that mean that they have had absolutely no part in it and they had nothing to do with it? No, I can't say that either, but I think it's important to note that just looking at facts, there isn't a lot of factual evidence that proves that Brandon and Brian Bell are responsible for this. Now at this point the lawsuit gets dropped but after this there is a bunch of messiness that starts going down with Kendrick's family and they actually started getting sued themselves from attorney's offices and other people that they kind of dragged into this whole thing that they were accusing of being possibly responsible for Kendrick's death. So Kendrick's parents had a bunch of money to be paid in attorney's fees and were getting sued for defamation lawsuits. And there were two things that kind of made people question Kendrick's family's credibility in all of this. Those two things were, first of all, dropping their lawsuit against Rick Bell because it just, it made people question like, okay, so do you think that they did it or do you not think that they did it? You know, is there just not enough evidence to prove it? Or were you just kind of pointing fingers because you wanted someone to point a finger act. But the second thing that made people question their credibility is the fact that there is a picture. And this picture, it's online, but it was also used on posters and flyers and social media and things like that. And this picture was being used to describe what Kendrick looked like right when he was found. So right after Kendrick's body was found, this picture was what he looked like. But that was not the case. This picture that was being said to be what Kendrick looked like right after he was found was actually a picture of kendrick after his initial autopsy now personally when i initially heard this i didn't really understand Not necessarily what the big deal was about it, but what how different could he have looked right after his autopsy versus when he was initially found. I kind of assumed that he would look the same, so it's okay to use a picture like that. But that is not the case because after an autopsy, first of all, the body's going through a lot. And after researching, I figured out that people do look different when they're first initially found versus after the autopsy or just after any time has passed in general, people are going to look different. So because of those two things, it did make people question Kendrick's parents' credibility. But what I think is important to note is that you never know how you're going to act in a situation like this. Like you don't know how you would act if something like this happened to your child and you personally in your heart of hearts believed that it was way more than people were cutting it out to be and that people were treating it as such a casual thing and you know it wasn't an accident and you know that there was more to the story but no one's listening to you. So maybe they felt like they needed to put out these lawsuits in order for people to take them seriously. So it's just important to remember that you just you don't know how you would react in a situation like this so keep that in mind as well so I want to talk about the police work in this case for a second so as far as how the police treated this crime scene when Kendrick was found it was pretty below par so authorities didn't tape off the crime scene didn't tape off the gym that Kendrick was found in so really anyone can walk in and out of it which just adds footprints it adds DNA it just it you don't do it and the police report said that they had a guard at the entrance of the door to not let anyone in like so someone was blocking the door essentially however again they just they didn't tape it off along with that protocol for a crime scene is to wear protective covering when walking through it to hold the integrity of the potential evidence and not to contaminate it however when it came to Kendrick's case and the crime scene authorities didn't wear protective shoe coverings so they were walking around and getting their footprints all over the floor as well well. And I want to point out something that I've seen conflicting reports on. So on the police report, which I found the entire police report, which was amazing, it states that along with the shoes found inside of the mat with Kendrick and then the separated pair, so one of them being found in the mat and one of them being found outside of the mat, which also I want to point out how in the world did a pair of shoes get into the mat where Kendrick was found stuck behind his leg? It almost seems like that would be like an after thing, like the fact that two shoes got stuck behind his legs. The way that they were placed behind his legs is almost as if they entered the mat after Kendrick did, so I'm just having trouble understanding how that would naturally happen. So you guys can let me know what you think about that as well. Now regardless of that, I've seen conflicting reports, but on the police report, authorities reported to have collected two other items found in the gym, and that was a hoodie sweatshirt and another pair of shoes. Now, Kendrick's parents have confirmed that neither of these items belong to Kendrick, and on the police report, it says that these items were collected as evidence. However, I've seen other reports saying that they were never collected and were never identified as to who they belonged to, which to this day, I don't think that they have been identified as who they belong to, regardless of if they were collected as evidence or not. I have never seen anything that has identified who these items belong to. Now, the bigger thing here, in my opinion, that was found by authorities in this crime scene was blood there were traces of blood found in this gym. However, authorities tested the blood and determined that it did not belong to Kendrick, and they presumed that the blood had been there for too long of a period of time to be a part of this potential crime scene. Now, the thing that I don't get is there is literally blood found in the same room that Kendrick was found in. This is what most investigators search for and want to find. They search for a clue like this, and instead of testing the blood and trying to figure out who belonged to. They just tossed it off and decided that it wasn't needed or a part of the investigation. I also want to mention that the coroner was not informed about Kendrick's death until six hours following his death. Authorities waited six hours to notify the coroner. Why? I am not sure. In 2018, there was a third autopsy performed on Kendrick and the family did this in hopes to find any new information about Kendrick's death. And when they did this, the cause came back again to being non-accidental blunt force trauma to the head. So now you have three different autopsies. The first one saying it was suffocation and two more autopsies following this saying that this was not suffocation, but it was blunt force trauma. So I want to talk about something that I found in the police report that I haven't found anywhere else in other reports. In the police report, it is stated that on January 11th, the day Kendrick's body was discovered, a female student had reported to the sheriff's office that a different student, which I'm not sure the name of the student, but it was reported that a different student from the same high school had posted on Facebook saying, quote, when you start messing with goons, bodies start showing." going up end quote. This female student said that shortly after this post was updated, the owner of the account deactivated his account, so these posts were no longer visible. The girl who reported this said prior to Kendrick's death, the same person made a Facebook post saying that he was going to, quote, start killing them off one by one, end quote. This female student also explained to police that Kendrick and his friends were part of a group called the CVC, which stands for the Clietville Click, and she claims that this person who posted these Facebook statuses had been feuding with the CVC because one of the members from the group had been messing with the person who was writing these Facebook statuses girlfriend. Now, I'm not sure who this student is, and I'm, you know, in comparing stories, you know, you hear the rumors that said that Brandon and Kendrick were arguing over a similar love interest. I'm not sure if Brandon was the one who was writing these Facebook statuses. It could have been someone completely different, but the rumors kind of match up, so it's a little confusing, but I just wanted to throw that in there. So this case, Kendrick's case, has picked up a lot of traction again in the recent weeks following the Black Lives Matter movie, movement and the fact that people are starting to realize again that this case is completely bizarre. And the events following Kendrick's case don't make sense either, so as far as information on this case goes, that's really all we have. Those are the facts. So let's talk about the theories. The first theory that we have is what authorities are sticking to, which is Kendrick went into the gym, accidentally fell in a wrestling mat, and suffocated this theory is really just chalked up to be a freak accident and in my opinion my only problem with this theory well i have multiple problems with this theory but one of my main problems is if kendrick did just happen to accidentally fall in a wrestling mat and realized he couldn't get out why would he have not called for help or screamed or tried to get the attention of the people walking by because it was just moments later that other people were walking through the gym. My other problem with this case is the fact that the wrestling mat was a, had a 14 inch width, like the hole had a 14 inch width, and Kendrick's shoulder width is 19 inches. He couldn't have fit in that. That's just, those are the things that really blow my mind about this one. The second theory we have here is that this was not an accident and that Kendrick was murdered. Kendrick's family believes that Kendrick was murdered elsewhere and then placed into the gym mat where he was found. Now, my question with this theory is how would it be possible that during the day, because remember, Kendrick was last seen at 109, walking through that old gym, how during the day, during broad daylight, was Kendrick murdered if we're following this theory and then placed into a gym mat in daylight when school was in session. How does someone get away with that? You know, Kendrick didn't show up to his last class after school. He didn't attend the sports game he was planning on going to that night. My thought here is maybe he was murdered that night and placed into the mat and left there overnight and found the next morning, but again, I'm not too sure how that would necessarily happen. To me, that theory would make more sense if Kendrick had gone to his last class and gone to the sporting event however the fact that he missed them makes me question this theory because why would he miss them? When thinking about this theory, I've thought about the possibility that if Kendrick was feuding with someone, maybe he was planning on meeting up with them to sort things out or do whatever, and things got out of hand, and that's what led to the blunt force trauma, and his body was then moved to the gym and placed in the mat. However, if the cameras are motion activated, there's just so many questions here. And again, I also question the position that Kendrick was found in as well. Like I mentioned earlier, you would think that if Kendrick was trying to reach for his shoe, his arm would be above his head or somewhat dislocated if he was trying to grab it, but his arms were straight by his side. Personally, I am very confused about this case. I do not fully believe that Kendrick just walked into the gym and slipped and fell into a wrestling mat that doesn't fit the width of his shoulders and it was just some weird freak accident that no one saw or heard. I think there's more to it than that. But do I think that this was a premeditated murder Not entirely. And along with that, I'm not fully sure who would be responsible. But I am really, really curious to know what you guys think about this case. And with that being said, there is a petition that you can sign. Um, Kendrick's case is currently closed. So if you wanna be a part of the change and hopefully bring Kendrick and his family justice, make sure you go ahead and sign that petition to reopen Kendrick's case. The last time I checked, I think there was about 1,400,000 signatures. So there are a lot of people out there who want justice for Kendrick. So if you do as well, make sure you go sign that petition. All right, you guys, that is going to be all for me today. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Killer Instinct. If you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah. I'm your host of Killer Instinct. Make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button because we post new episodes every single Wednesday. You're not going to want to miss it. I will be back next week with a brand new case. And until then, stay safe, guys.